Hello all, welcome or welcome back to And Everything In Between. I'm your host Mela. In dieser Episode werde ich ein bisschen auf Deutsch sprechen und ich werde über meine persönliche Erfahrungen mit Deutsch lernen sprechen und ich glaube, dass es sehr schwer ist, spontan auf ein anderes Sprache zu sprechen und Manchmal muss ich eine große Pause machen, um zu denken, um zu denken mehr über was ich sagen will. Und, und du, du kannst hören, wenn ich das mache, weil es, weil es sehr oft passiert, aber ich hoffe, dass ich meine deutsche Kenntnisse verbessern kann durch diese Episode und durch meine Erfahrungen in der Zukunft mit Deutsch lernen. Aber ja, es ist sehr schwer, ganz spontan auf Deutsch zu sprechen, aber ich wollte ein bisschen in der, ich wollte ein bisschen ich wollte ein bisschen auf Deutsch sprechen, bevor ich diese Episode anfange. Also ja, das ist alle, das ist alle, die ich sagen wollte. Also fangen wir an. You guys, if you didn't speak German, then you probably didn't know what I was saying. And if you did speak German, maybe you also didn't understand 100% of what I was saying. But I just really wanted to speak a little bit of German in the beginning of this episode and you probably didn't even listen to that beginning part because in the summary I'm gonna put start here like go to this time to skip me speaking German because you probably can't understand but I personally love speaking German even though I'm not like extremely good at it and I'm nowhere near fluent it's just really fun and a challenge like it challenges my brain to speak in German. So at the end of the episode, I'm actually going to just talk about random things in German, not only to help me with my speaking skills, just but also just to get me more confident when I'm speaking spontaneously. And so that's what this episode is kind of going to revolve around. It's going to revolve around my personal experiences with learning German and some of my personal opinions about the German language, what's most difficult to me as a native English speaker and as an American. So yeah, I'm very excited to, I'm very excited about this episode and at the end of the episode to talk in German, although I can't say how well I'll be able to think or how coherent my thoughts will appear because I've been speaking for a while. But I wanted to give you guys a few quick updates. I wanted to actually update you guys on the song, the La La Land theme song that I was playing, me and Sebastian's theme song that I was talking about in my episode, um, playing an instrument, because I was talking about how I really like the movie La La Land and that listening to it inspired me to play the theme song. And I'm playing, I'm pretty sure it's the original version. It's not like an easy version. And it's probably the hardest song I've ever 
had to play on the piano just because of the complexity of the scales and how fast I have to move my hands across the piano. If you've ever heard the original song in the movie, there are these crazy runs towards the end where if you play the piano or even just an instrument, I feel like in general, you know he is playing so incredibly fast and I was talking about, you know, it takes a lot to play those scales. It takes muscle memory and it really just takes thousands of runs, thousands of trials in order to become that proficient at the song and that skilled at the song. And I can confidently say right now that I can play one of the scales. It's like the third major, well, the fourth major scale. I can play one of those scales very fast. Like my hands are flying and it's because of that muscle memory. I played it with my eyes closed on the piano just because my fingers automatically know where to go and that's happening with the other two skills as well. And I can play, I can play all of the skills from memory. Like I don't need the music for my right hand at least, but I'm working on speed right now and getting it to sound very fluid, like one motion, like blah, 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 all the way down, all the way down the piano. So I just want to give you guys a little update because, you know, I was very insistent that I'm going to become really good at this song and I'm going to practice every day. I haven't been practicing every day, but I try to practice most days and the days where I skip practicing, I play for like an hour to make up for it. So I really do think I'm making significant headway with that song and I'm very excited for when I'm really good at it. I just want to give you guys an update because in case you were wondering, I don't know who was wondering, but if you were, that's just a little update. But let's get into the subject of today's episode, which is, like I said before, in German, and I just told you guys in English, my experiences, my personal experiences with learning German. Now, I feel like there's this assumption, this general assumption among people that German is a difficult language to learn, especially as an English speaker, and Personally, I would agree with that. I do think there are things that set German apart from a lot of other languages and significantly apart from English. I mean, English is a very unique language for many different reasons, but I think German and English, there are definitely some similarities, but there are just a lot of differences that were, was kind of a shock to me when I first started learning the language. And by the way, I've been learning since eighth grade, but like the only exposure I get to it is in school. So obviously it's going to take a long time at that level to become fluent if your only exposure is like an hour a day versus just living there, But which I will talk about later in the episode. But yeah, I've been playing, or I've been playing, I'm thinking about the piano. I've been learning German since eighth grade, German one, German two, German three. Now I'm in IB German, IB German year one. And I do want to talk about IB German a bit because I feel like it has significantly improved my German skills. And I definitely want to touch on that because especially if you're in high school and your school offers IB or even AP German, although IB I feel like is just a bit different from AP, um, I want to talk about that and encourage you to take it because I definitely think it was the best decision I could have made on my journey of learning German. So yeah, that's what I'm going to be talking about in today's episode. 
In my personal opinion, I think that in the United States, we don't start teaching kids foreign languages early enough. And, you know, I've already expressed my opinions about learning another language, an incredibly crucial skill. But, you know, you've got to start young because there's a way our brains are learning so fast when we're younger and picking up new skills. And it's so much easier to memorize things when you're younger because you're learning everything. Like, when you're younger, you're learning to walk, you're learning how to have a conversation, you're learning new words constantly, you're learning basic foundational skills in classes like your math skills, your basic science skills, you're learning logic and reasoning. So I think it is really crucial to start teaching kids a foreign language when they're younger. And I've seen like videos on TikTok. I just remember seeing this one family. I think the dad was... American or English, he spoke English. The mother was French or she spoke fluent French. And so the mom only spoke to her daughter in French and then the dad only spoke to her daughter, or the dad only spoke to his daughter in English. So that way the daughter or the child is getting is getting input in both languages and allows them to become fluent at a very early age because they're getting all this new information alongside the other information and their brain is just picking that up. So I feel like we really need in the United States, it's incredibly valuable if the goal is to make a child fluent in a language, it's incredibly valuable to start educating that child, start implementing classes, foreign language classes, in schools as early as kindergarten. Like, I would say, honestly, okay, if I had a child and I was bilingual, I spoke another language, I would start speaking to them in another language the minute they're born. Because from the minute a child is born, their brain is developing. And I think it's till the age of 25 that a person's brain continues to develop. So, Those early years are so crucial in learning a language. And if schools just offered language programs in kindergarten, like Spanish especially, because the United States has a large Spanish-speaking population, and I do think Spanish is an incredibly beneficial language to know just due to the high numbers of people who speak Spanish. It's very valuable, a valuable skill. If we just even implemented Spanish classes in kindergarten and kindergarten graduation years and kids who were five even six years old or four years old started learning Spanish they would be fluent if they continued on through school or at least highly proficient so I definitely feel strongly about that and I just feel like that's where the U.S. is you know, lacking a bit for all the diversity that we have sometimes we don't take advantage of that and use those use that diversity to our advantage and use that diversity to teach kids another language to add that valuable skill. A lot of other countries, it's just the norm to have a kid learn a language in elementary school. And maybe you're listening to this and you're like, well, I live in a different country and that's what we do here. And I just think that's something the U.S. really needs to change. I feel like there's so many positive factors, positive benefits, well, positive benefits, benefits to knowing another language, the earlier you start, the easier it is. So that's something I feel very strongly about. I might have talked about it in a different episode, but why not, why not reiterate the thoughts? Now, before 
I think this was in A Collection of Thoughts Part 2. That was when I really talked, I talked for a while about the benefits of learning another language. I've never really spoken specifically about German, hence the purpose of this episode, but I mentioned before that I wanted to be 70% fluent in the language, and I don't know, what is 70% fluent? What level? There's like, when you're learning a language, you go from A1 to C2. C2 is like fluent, you can speak, you can live there with no problem, like that's the highest level of fluency, and then A1 is like elementary beginner, you know one word of another language. So it goes A1, A2, B1, B2, C1, C2, and I don't know what level, I'm trying to think what level 70% fluent would be at. I'm not sure what level that would be, but I've definitely changed my mind. I've had a, a mindset change, you could say. I think I want to be completely fluent in German, or at least fluent enough you know, I want to, I do want to be completely fluent. I want to be able to go to Germany, like, by myself and go get along just fine there because of my language skills. That's kind of the level of fluency I'm looking for. And I definitely think that, I definitely think that what's going to help me get there is continuing my studies of German. So, I definitely plan to as of right now, I definitely plan to study it in college. I really do like learning another language. And like I've mentioned before in previous episodes, there are numerous benefits to learning a language. So, I definitely think if I study German in college, I will definitely study abroad. That's another thing I want to talk about. I feel like studying abroad is such an amazing experience that it would make for such an amazing experience if you are learning a language because you're getting that everyday exposure and I feel like the most important part in learning a language is that everyday exposure and that's what's helped me with German is exposure to the language which I'll talk about in a bit but when you're studying abroad it's not like someone is just talking to you about similar subjects like a teacher might you're getting exposure to all of these different varieties of subjects like traveling, food, conversation, um, assistance with your car, like something like that, you know? And you're just practicing all of these everyday life skills in German and it's just 24-7. It's not an hour class a day and then you switch off your German brain or your foreign language brain. It's you're going there and that brain is on 24-7 because you need that exposure and there's no way to turn it off. So, I think that's going to be super beneficial and that's the reason I do want to study abroad, not only just to visit Germany because Germany is a beautiful country, but just those language skills. You really can't get that without living in another place. It's a lot more difficult. And so, I feel like that's why when you hear people who go somewhere and they're like, they've been studying German for 10 years or whatever, or whatever language, and, you know, they're good at it, but they're not fluent, and then it's like they live there for a year in that country of their language, and they come back, and they're fluent, perfect pronunciation, and they just know so many words, they can carry a conversation. That is what I hope would happen to me if I went to Germany to study abroad. So, definitely, I'm very interested in study abroad, and I feel like 
if you have the opportunity to, like, why not take advantage of that, you know, and access those skills that come with studying abroad, those language skills and language development. I've already told stories of German-speaking people, my interactions with people in the United States who speak German, but when I'm thinking about these stories, there was this woman at a farmer's market in Florida, there was this man on the ferry in New York City, and they spoke German, but I think that was when I was, that was when I was like starting German 3, or I was in the middle of German 3, and there was a huge jump in my German-speaking skills and just German skills in general from German 3 to IB German. So I really didn't have the, or I didn't have as as extensive of a vocabulary that I have right now, although I wouldn't say my vocabulary is extensive, but it's a lot more extensive from my German 3 days. So I really couldn't carry a conversation with those people. Like, I could understand what they were saying, but I couldn't really respond in a way that sounded fluent or in a way that sounded as if I knew it what I as if I knew what I was saying. But I feel like if I were to meet those people again, it definitely would have it definitely would go a lot smoother. I'm not gonna retell those stories because I've definitely told them multiple times on here. But there's one story I don't think I have told. And so I'm just gonna tell that right now. So I went to Utah and I was just going hiking with my family and it was really weird because not weird like bad but just you know abnormal I didn't expect this but there were a lot of Europeans there and you know it's just weird because I usually you know usually you're around other Americans and so I was like there's so many different people of different cultures here you know so many different languages and there was a lot of German-speaking people there. Like, I heard so much German. Oh, I just remembered another story I have. Okay, I'll tell that after. But there was so much German there in Utah, and I was just so surprised. I was like, I have never heard this much German in my life. So, that was really interesting. I know, I guess this must have been a vacation spot for a lot of Europeans. But I remember I was, this was also when this was at the end of German 3, so I still hadn't started IB German yet, but there were a lot of, I was like following these two women who were speaking German, and I had no idea what they were saying. Like, I'm not even gonna lie, I'm not gonna even pretend like I heard a word of what they were saying. All I knew was that they were 100% speaking German, but they were just speaking so fast, I could not keep up with what they were saying. I couldn't even catch a glimpse of what they were talking about. It was just probably they were using way more vocabulary than I had been exposed to, speaking way too fast for my level. So I was like, okay, I have no idea what they're saying. But literally the whole time we were like walking behind them, I was like trying to work up the courage to go talk to them. I was like, come on, Mila, like just go talk to them. But I didn't want them to be like, oh, like an American that thinks they know what they're saying and they really don't because I've heard stories of like, Americans speaking another language and especially in France like I've just heard a lot of stories in France like I heard this one story this guy was trying to order something at a cafe in France and then the waiter switched from French to English and was like he was like oh you can speak in English like that would be so embarrassing if that happened to me because it's basically like saying okay 
your language skills aren't good enough. I'll just switch to English for you. But that's kind of why I was scared to talk to them. I was just so scared that they were going to judge me. Although, I guess if I was in another country that wasn't primarily English speaking and someone like came up to me and was like, oh, do you speak English? Like, I feel like that would have been kind of cool to be like, wow, like that person wants to talk to me. But I don't know. I was just too scared and I really wish I did talk to them because I could have just been like, oh, like I'm learning German in school. It's so cool to see people who speak German in the United States. Actually, I don't know if I would have been able to say that back then, but something along those lines. So I really wish I did approach them. And there was this other woman, another um, German group, they were speaking German. It was like this whole friend group. And I was just like, please, I want to say something, but I didn't want to approach a whole group of people and have them all laugh at me. So I didn't say anything to them. Another story I have was actually in Michigan. So we were in Michigan on vacation and we were at this bookstore and this was in the summer. This was actually this past summer. So finished German 3, still not started IB German. But it was in this bookstore and this family, like this mom, older daughter, younger brother, they were all there and I they were speaking German and they were like calling out to each other from across the store but because it was kids speaking it I could understand like some of what they're saying like it was so cool it was like a light bulb went on my brain and I just heard the mom like tell her son like sit here I just heard like they just spoke in short phrases like kind of how if you were speaking to your family you would be like oh blah 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 and I remember the girl said something about the cover of a book. Like, it was so cool. Even though I couldn't understand the full extent of what they were saying, I got ideas here and there. I got little phrases, little little bits and snippets of conversation. And it was so cool. Like, I wish I had, again, I wish I just had my, like, year, almost year of IB German with me now and I could go back in time and see can I understand what they're saying better? Because I feel like that just would have been so cool. And I just really wish I had the courage to go up to them and, you know, be like, oh, I'm learning German. And then maybe have a short conversation with them because it's that everyday conversations that they're kind of scary, but I feel like the more you do them, the more you get used to them and the better skills you acquire to deal and handle everyday conversations. So, yeah, I feel like that's my biggest regret. So if you're learning a language and you see people in public speaking that language and it's not like they're having a fight or something that can't be interrupted, you know, go up and be like, oh, I noticed you speaking French or whatever. I'm learning French. So I feel like that'd be really cool. Okay, now I want to talk about my German experience in school really quick. Personally, at my school, German is not a popular language, and I feel like this is kind of true for a lot of schools in America. You know, a lot of kids, definitely a lot of kids, the majority of kids learn Spanish, and then the second most popular language, I would say, is French. But personally, I mean, we don't have that many kids learning German. My German class only has 11 kids, and actually, I think maybe 10 11 is including the teacher, I'm pretty sure. And then my German class from last year had like eight or something. So there were not a lot of kids learning German. And last year it was German three and honors 
honors German 4 combined, so it wasn't even just German 3. So really, no one learns German at my school. Basically, no one. Like, I'm thinking in my grade at my school, it's like, how many kids? I honestly would say, I think I'm not, I think I'm the only one who still learns German. Yeah, I'm literally the only kid in my grade that is still taking German at my school because there's like kids at other schools in my district that are. So that's really crazy to me. Like, I feel like it's not that unpopular or uncommon of a language, but I guess at my school it is. But basically, like I said, the pro- the progression of German in my school goes from one, two, three, and then you can go to honors German four and then to AP German, or after German three, you can go straight to IB German. And so I went to IB German. And like I said, it was definitely the best decision I made for myself. I just feel like I've just gained so many skills and my German has improved so much. Like I can actually talk in German now without making a ton of mistakes. Like I still make mistakes, you know, that's bound to happen, but without it interfering with the listener's interpretation or the listener's understanding of what I'm saying. So I can, you know, talk better. I can just understand it so much better. I feel like my vocabulary range is a lot wider. I've really mastered a lot of skills that are specific to the German language. So I just feel like IB was definitely, definitely a good option for me. And I'm really glad I took it. So if you are, honestly, I feel like this could apply to any language because I feel like, I don't know, I guess it just does, it does depend on your teacher. You know, my German teacher is a really good teacher, but if you are considering going into IB of a language or IB German, I would definitely say to do it. I've learned so much and I think it's just a really beneficial experience for me overall. So I would definitely recommend that. But some more tips. These these tips could actually apply to any foreign language in general, but I feel like the most helpful thing for me for learning German and just learning another language in general is that everyday exposure. And I've talked about study abroad, you get the everyday exposure, but let's face it, a lot of people don't have the chance to study abroad, especially in high school. So if you're in high school and you can't really study abroad, you know, your options may be a little limited, but you still want that exposure, you still want to broaden your skills across the language, what can you do? Well, this is what I do. Number one, the number one thing that I do on my own that I feel like, actually, these are two things, two things that I do on my own that really help me. I watch YouTube videos in German, and I'm not talking about educational videos like today's mini lesson in German is blah, blah, blah. No, I'm talking about vlogs of people who just speak German, just vlogging about their life because it really does help with that listening aspect, but also um, acquiring new words in vocabulary. It definitely helps a lot with that. So just those YouTube videos really help so much with exposure. And I've started doing this recently, and I'm definitely going to keep doing it. Just watching vlogs, people who speak German. There's this one woman who I watch who I think I I don't know. I think she she's good at German and I think she did study it in college and I don't know if she studied abroad, but I watch her YouTube video and she, you know, occasionally makes the 
vlog in German and it really does help. So I would recommend it. Any language you're learning, I would definitely recommend doing that. Another thing I do that may sound a little weird and you may be like, um, that's really weird, but let me just, let me just tell you. I speak German in random conversations to myself and I know this sounds weird. Like, I know you're like, so you're talking to yourself, but you just need to practice. You just need to practice constantly. So I'll just be in my room and I'll just be like, start, start speaking German to myself. I'll be like, instead of being complaining in English, I'm like, oh, I'm so stressed, blah, blah, blah. I'll just start talking in German. I'll be like, oh, ich habe so viele Hausaufgaben und ich habe Mathematik Hausaufgaben, das ich nicht verstehe und später muss ich mein Abendessen essen und dann muss ich für die ACT studiere and studieren and I'm just talking about my homework assignments. I'm forgetting that I'm forgetting that a lot of people can't don't know what I'm saying. But I'm just talking about like homework assignments that I have to do and it's just basic things that little conversations like that that really help you to expand your fluency level while speaking. Another another thing that I haven't really tried, but I feel it could definitely help, is watching kids' TV shows in the language of your choice. Like, you know, because kids' TV shows are not going to be using extensive vocabulary and grammar structures, sentence structures that you haven't learned yet. They're going to be like basic sentences, but they're just going to help with that listening, those listening skills. So I feel like I might do this, but I don't know what show I'd watch. Maybe like, maybe Peppa Pig in German. That was like the first show that came to mind because I used to watch it when I was younger all the time. But you could just search up like your favorite childhood TV shows and then in German or in Spanish, whatever language you're trying to learn. Another thing that I do sometimes, not a lot though, listening to German songs or any songs of the language you're trying to learn. Although the only thing I would say to be wary of when you want to try doing this is that a lot of times in songs, the grammar structures may be incorrect or not incorrect, but there's going to be a lot of slang, especially because because German has, you know, sometimes long sentences and it's hard to speak that in, or it's hard to sing that very quickly. So I remember we were like, analyzing this song in my German class and there was so much slang that they use, so much abbreviations. So it was kind of confusing for me because I'm not used to that and it may honestly confuse you, but I feel like if you can find slow songs that are in German or not just German, whatever language, that could definitely help and sometimes I do that as well. Another thing that I guess you can't really control but is really helpful for me is that my German teacher only speaks German, like she speaks German, I would say 90%, 95% of the class, and she really only speaks English when she needs to explain something that may be unclear for an assignment or is like teaching us something about grammar or whatever, but otherwise she pretty much speaks German, and it really does help me, you know, when you're getting that exposure and you don't realize it you don't realize it at first, but over time you look back at your skills and 
even if you just have that one person, maybe it's a parent for you that's speaking German to you or speaking another language to you a lot, you do realize how far your language skills have come. So that's definitely helped me a lot. But again, the biggest thing I feel like you can do is just study abroad. And that, again, main reason I want to go study abroad in Germany is to gain that fluency, is to gain that exposure. Okay, now switching gears, I want to kind of talk about the German language and, you know, my impressions of it from an English speaker, you know, what I find difficult, what I like about it, what I don't like about it. So what I like about it is that it's almost like a logic puzzle. And I did mention this in past episodes, but the verb has a very specific spot. It either goes in the second position in a sentence or it goes at the end of the sentence. And if you have two verbs in a sentence, like, for example, I said before, I must study. Ich muss studieren. Must because, or must because that is the modal verb. Modal verbs always take precedence over the, I don't know, I know there's a name, they're just basic verbs like action verbs, regular verbs like to walk or to run or to read. But things, verbs like I can, I must, I have, I am, I could, I would, those verbs are, I think, I don't know if those are all modal verbs, but all of those verbs take precedence over the other basic verbs. So those always go in the second position, but it's also like, it's kind of weird because you have certain words in German that kick those modal verbs to the end of the sentence. So if you have two verbs, ich muss, muss in studieren, muss meaning must, studieren meaning study, and you add one of those words that kicks the main verb to the end of the sentence, an example being weil. Weil means because. So if I say because I must study, I can't say weil ich muss studieren. That's grammatically incorrect. You have to put both both of your words have to both of your verbs have to go to the end of the sentence, but the modal verb, the main verb of the sentence is the very last position. And then, you know, your second most important verb is the second last word in the order. So it would be weil ich weil ich studieren muss and muss is at the end. That's a very basic sentence, a very basic example, and I'm not sure if that made sense if you're if it's kind of confusing. It is really confusing, honestly, when you're first learning it, but that's definitely something I like because I can like kind of arrange the words in my mind and like it is kind of like a puzzle, like, okay, I have this word, this is what my sentence structure has to look like. But it also can be really difficult when you're speaking on the spot and you have to make sure you kick those verbs to the end when you're speaking. It's very difficult to do and I struggle a lot with it. What some Something I've noticed about the German language is that there are a lot of similarities between French and German. And obviously because throughout history those languages have influenced each other and I feel like basically all languages are connected and they all take pieces from the other language and that's why when you know another language, like let's say you know your native language, you know another language, and then you're learning a third language, 
that third language is easier to learn because you can spot those similarities and patterns between the first two languages and understand how they might play a role in the third language. So that's something I've noticed, especially between French and German. There's a lot of similarities and connections between them. Some examples of words are die Toilette. I'm pretty sure it's like the same in French that maybe the pronunciation is different, but like to me as a German learner, when I hear die Toilette, that does not sound like a German word. It sounds kind of like a French word with less pronunciation, less French pronunciation. And another one is die Zigarette, the cigarette, that kind of etta, like that just sounds French to me. I don't know why something about that just sounds French. But there are not, there are so many words that French and Fran, French and German yeah French and German I don't know what I'm saying there's so many words that the French and German languages share but the only thing that differs is pronunciation or the articles that go before the words but I can't think of them off the top of my head but that's definitely something I've noticed sometimes there'll be a word that's just completely French that we say in German like the pronunciation the spelling the everything about the word is just French, which is really weird because it's like when you're saying it in a sentence, it just sticks out because it just sounds so different. And especially as a German learner, it's like that does that just sounds weird. I guess maybe if you speak German, you're probably used to it, but you know, to me, it stands out. There are also a lot of similarities between English and German, English and a lot of language, a lot of languages. And these words are called cognates. And cognates are words that in English, if you read it in another language like German, you would be able to know what the word is because they play off of each other. So an example is concentrate. Concentrate in English, we know that word. If we say it in German, it's konzentrieren. Konzentrieren if you have knowledge of the German language, you, when you read it on a paper, you're going to know it means to concentrate just because of the spelling and, yeah, honestly, it's mainly because of the spelling and then when you're speaking, it has kind of that similar, similar-ish pronunciation. Well, concentrate, 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 and they don't actually have similar pronunciation, but the spelling is what gives it away, personally. Another word... There's so many cognates. Oh, I think I said this earlier in the episode. Spontaneous versus versus spontan. Spontan, spontaneous. You know, you see it, you know what the word is. Another one, ironish, ironic. It's just like the endings that vary just because that's how, you know, German will end their words for words that are like ick sometimes. Actually, I can't say if that's true, but... You just know when you see on the paper, you're like, oh, that's definitely, that's definitely influence from English language. There's another word, die Plattform, like literally the only thing that differs between platform in English and German is the spelling. In German, it has two Ts and I guess the pronunciation is slightly different, but you know, that's another thing. Those cognates make it easy and you know, we love cognates. When we're reading in German, we see a cognate, I'm like, thank you, because I actually know what I'm saying. And sometimes I actually do this more often than I'd like to admit or I'd like to do, but when I'm writing and I don't know a word, I just have like a vague feeling. I'm like, you know what? This has like a 50% chance of being an English cognate. So I just write it 
based on how Germans would spell it. And you know what? Most of the time I'm right. Like when I was writing, I was like, what is the word to analyze in German? What is, well, what is a word for to analyze? And I was like, analysieren, analysieren, analyze. I was like, that's definitely a word. And I was right. And I got the spelling right too. So it's just, it's very interesting how cognates work and the similarities, how languages play off of each other. Now, maybe this will probably be the most interesting part of the episode if you speak German, if you're from Germany, but these are things that I find difficult about the German language. Coming from an English speaker, coming from an American, this is what I find difficult. Okay, number one thing that I still find difficult, still the hardest thing for me, is putting gender to words like having der, die, and das, feminine, neuter, and masculine. That is so weird to me because we don't have that in English. Like, in English, it's the for every word. Oh, in German also has plural, I forgot. But it's the for every word. But in German, you have these different articles and, you know, gender plays such a huge role in the German language because depending on the gender of the word and the case that it appears in the sentence. So if it's the subject, direct object, or indirect object, you know, that gets an ending to the word. Or not to the word. Well, it can get an ending to the word if it's plural and dative, but if it's, if there's an adjective before the noun, then the adjective gets an ending. And if you're saying like, if you're saying I have a dog, the word a, which is normally just ein, would get an ending en because of because of the because of the object you're talking about and the article that's assigned to it so because dog has a masculine has a masculine i just lost the word it has a masculine article that's what i meant because dog has a masculine article and because of its location to in the sentence because it's a direct object then the word for the changes, the word for a changes, the word for no changes. Like if you say, I have no dog, the ending on the word no changes. And it's very confusing to explain, especially if you don't speak German, but that's by far the most difficult thing is changing the case of the articles and the adjective endings that come with that because we don't have that in English. You know, we don't have adjective endings. Like I say, oh, you have pretty hair pretty is going to be the same regardless of the direct object you're talking about. But if I were to say in German, du hast schöne Haare, the word pretty by itself is schön, but the E has to be added on because of the word Haare, hair. So it's very weird. It's very different from English, and that's definitely the most tricky thing. And it's very difficult to use the right endings when you're speaking. Like, when I'm speaking, I have to physically pause and, like, it's like as I'm speaking, I'm also thinking about, okay, so I want to say I have a dog. What ending do I need, you know? And that's definitely very difficult for me. And I feel like for a lot of people, like, in my class, I know a lot of people can struggle with that. There's also, I don't know what else I was going to say. Oh yeah, the cases like nominative, accusative, dative, basically 
all of those articles, their endings get changed depending on the object's relativity to the subject in the sentence, so that's tricky. There are also certain words, certain um, prepositions that change the they change the article, so you know you have your accusative preps, you have your dative preps, and you have your two-way preps, and those all affect the articles of a word. So there are so many different factors, and it's like, whoa, that is a lot to take in, and it's definitely the most difficult part about the language, personally. There's also, this is, this just applies to all languages, I feel like this is difficult, but there are specific phrases that you just know and when you can't translate them literally. So for English, you know, in English there's a saying, out of sight, out of mind. If you are a non-English speaker and you read out of sight, out of mind, you're like, what? Like, what does that mean? And there honestly is no exact translation. It's just one phrase. So if you're reading the words out of sight, out of mind, you're like, I'm trying to think about that. That doesn't make sense to the situation. That's because, you know, you have to have that background knowledge of the language and knowing and understanding this is an English phrase. This is something that they say. You just have to know what it means, the whole thing, what it means. So that's something I struggle with, especially when I'm reading in German. There's a lot of phrases that people use that are just common to the German language that don't really translate. Like when you try to translate it literally, you just can't because you just have to know what the phrase means as a whole. So I struggle with that as well. Another thing, which again, in all languages you learn, false cognates. So we talked about cognates that tell you, yep, this is what the word in English means, but there are false cognates. And my German teacher always says, falsche Freund, falsche Freund, like false cognate. And these are words that when you take their literal translation, you think you know what it means, but it actually means something else. So for example, überall, überall you might think means overall but it doesn't. It means everywhere. So that always throws me. Another one is actuel. You think that means actual in English, but it really means current or currently. Spenden means, it doesn't mean to spend, it means to donate. And then this one is kind of funny. Das Gift. You know, you see Das Gift spelled exactly how it is in English. It means poison. And I'm always going to remember Das Gift because I remember my German teacher for German 1, German 2, and German 3, she was saying, you know, you give someone a gift, you don't say, ich, you don't say, ich gebe, ich gebe dich das Gift, because that means you're giving them poison, that the gift in German is actually, is actually das Geschenk, but that is something I'll always remember, so I'll never forget das Gift, falscher Freund, false cognate, so, yeah, that always throws me, especially when you're reading and there are words you haven't seen before. It's really easy to sometimes be tricked by false cognates. So, that's also something you have to take into consideration. Another thing that this goes both ways, like if you are learning German or if you know German, like that's your native language, and then you start learning English, you see all these slang words that we have in English and you're like, what are they saying? Like, wanna, gonna. Wanna, gonna are technically not words, but it means want to, going to. 
if I was learning English and I saw the word gonna, I would just pass out. Because, like, what does that mean? Going to. There's no way you would be able to really figure that out unless you already know that slang. So, a lot of times, like I was talking about in the German songs, you know, you see these slang abbreviations and it's really hard to understand what they're saying because you haven't gotten exposure to German slang. You know, you're learning to speak in a proper way, but you don't, you're not learning to speak in the everyday way that a lot of people might speak in. So, like in English, we say we have contractions or, wait, oh my god, I don't even know what they're called. Can't, won't, you know, the comma in place of the O. And that's definitely, I remember learning that in second grade, actually. Like, I just have a core memory of just learning those um, yeah, they are called contractions, right? I don't even know what they're called because I don't, I just don't remember that from second grade, but words where it's cannot, you drop the N-O and you put a comma or an apostrophe instead, that's like kind of English slang, kind of English shortcut. I remember we were watching this video in German and this guy was saying, on dann gehen sie durch den Ofen. Dorchen often. I was like, Dorchen? What's a Dorchen mean? But there was, in the subtitles, there was Dorch, which means through, and then an apostrophe and an N. So he like dropped the DE from the article and just said Dorchen. But you know, it's so fast. If I heard it in real life, I would have been like, what? But you know, we don't really say that. I would have said Dorch den often. But you know, he's a native speaker. So that's just like everyday kind of slang, but just everyday shortcuts that we also have in English. So that's something that's really hard to understand also. This also is kind of a big thing, but translating things in my head. This is something that I feel like everyone who's learning a foreign language struggles with because it's you really don't want to be translating things in your head. You know, that's not how it should be. You should just be speaking without having to you know, think it in English in your head and then mentally translate it. Like that's, you should just be able to speak it. And there's really no skills or tips I can say that help with that. I honestly just think it's continued exposure and practice with the language that helps you with not translating it and your spontaneous speaking skills. So I feel like it's improved over time for me with speaking but sometimes I still catch myself doing it, especially with reading. With reading, it's really easy to like, I'll read something in German and then I'll translate it to English. I have to stop myself. I'm like, okay, like you need to just read it in German and just know what it means. You, It's really hard though, because it's like your brain automatically just wants to translate it to English. And that's definitely something I'm struggling with. Like I still struggle with that. I probably always will until I'm like very fluent, but it does get better with time. You honestly just have to keep practicing. And that's what I have to say to myself too, because I get so frustrated. Hey, that was an example of slang, like cuz, because, cuz, that's like English slang. Anyways, English shortcut in speaking. Anyways, it is very frustrating when I do that. I'm like, stop translating it, like stop doing that. But yeah, I'm going to have to improve that. Another thing about, this is specific to the German language, I used to find 
perfect past difficult. And perfect past basically means instead of saying, I went to the grocery store, I have gone to the grocery store. You're adding that I have been there instead of I've instead of I went there, I have been there. I I I have went there. And no, that's not that's not right. I have gone there. But you're adding that extra word. That's perfect past. And that was really difficult for me going from using one word in the past tense in English to using two words for the past tense in German. And it's like really weird because that's another thing with the verbs. If you say, I saw something, that's English, that's imperfect past in English. I saw something. You use one word for the past tense. But in German, in conversation and speaking, it's usually normal for most words to say, I have seen something. So you would say, ich habe gesehen. Haben and gesehen are the two verbs that you need to express I saw something. And that is definitely very difficult to comprehend when you're first learning language and also when you're speaking. Like, I still catch myself, I'm like, I can't, it's not like I'm going to say, use the imperfect past in preteritum, but I just catch myself. I'm like, nope, I'm like, that verb has to go to the end. And yeah, it's just very hard. That's why speaking is so hard in German especially because of those verbs and verb placement. Now I want to rank the skills in German from easiest to hardest in my opinion. Writing I would say is easiest. I feel like I don't have trouble writing because you can see your thoughts and you can like edit it and be like oh verb doesn't go there let me switch that. Reading is also pretty easy because it's like when you're watching a show but you have subtitles on you can just read the subtitles take your time reading it. So writing and reading, fairly easy. Speaking, like I said, speaking speaking's difficult. Difficult to speak on the spot without, you know, rehearsing what you're going to say. So speaking can definitely be very difficult. Listening, in my opinion, is extremely difficult. But it's only, it's very difficult when it's a native speaker that's speaking because they're usually talking very fast, using some of those slang words. But also, if you're listening to a clip, like, I know a lot of times when I have a listening test or quiz or whatever in German, when you listen without seeing the person's face and hand gestures and, you know, visuals around them, like context clues, it is so much harder to comprehend what they're saying because I count on seeing my teacher's facial expressions and, you know, the natural pauses in conversation, it helps me understand what she's saying. If I didn't have that, if it was just a pre-recorded clip of her, I just think it's so much harder when you don't have that person's face that you can see. So that's why listening to German podcasts is a lot harder as well, because you don't have, can't see those visual context clues that help your brain to make sense of what you're listening and help you interpret that. That's something I struggle with, but of course, I'm always trying to work to improve my listening, which partly, you know, those YouTube vlogs are going to help me as well. Honestly, my personal level, I was talking about, it goes from A1 to C2. I think my German class, she she said we're at a B1 level. I feel like personally, I'm like, 
I don't know exactly, maybe in between the B1 and B2 level, somewhere around there, I would say, maybe leaning on B1. That's my personal level, and some skills I've learned recently in the last one and a half years, um, genitive, genitive, yeah, sorry, I was gonna speak in German, um, genitive I've learned, which is, like, another, kind of another, um, tense, not tense, I don't know what I'm saying. It's another like grammatical thing, but apparently it's not as popular in the German language anymore, but I learned that preteritum relativesetze, which are sentences where you're adding information like in between phrases. So if you say, the woman who has red hair spoke of blah, blah, blah. Like you're adding that who has red hair detail. So that's what relative sentences are. And I've learned to do those. Another thing, passive tense. So passive tense, you know, if you're saying, I ate food, the food was eaten, or the food was eaten by me. Something is being done by someone else, but a lot of times you don't know who's doing it. So like, the fire was burned. I burned the fire. And that one, you know, I did it. I'm the subject. But passive tense, it's like, you don't know who did it. Or... They're, the person who did it is not the main focus of the sentence. So that's what passive tense is. And in German, I am like really not good at passive tense when I'm speaking. It's so hard in speaking because it's just like so much thinking. Like if I wanted to say something passive tense, there's like present passive, imperfect past passive or preteritum passive past passive, perfect past passive, and then there's like future passive. So there's four different types and it's, they all have like a different structure and it's very hard to do on the spot as a learner, as a German learner. But let me see if I can, actually, when I speak in, when I do a little German speaking at the end, I will, um, I'll try to incorporate some passive, some passive sentences as best as I can. But yeah, that's all I really want to say about German now. And if you don't know German, then I will see you guys next time. Thank you guys for listening. But if you do know German, I wanted to talk for a bit in German. Just see how well I can speak German on the spot. I'm not going to re-record this. So if I make mistakes, I'm just going to restart or push past it. So it's very uncomfortable, but I have to get used to that feeling of discomfort. So let me let me drink some water real quick. Okay, jetzt spreche ich auf Deutsch. Ich denke, dass das eine sehr erfolgreiche Episode war und ich denke hoffentlich, dass ich dass ich meine Ideen Ideen sehr klar erklärt habe und es ist sehr schwer. Du Du kannst hören, wie schwer es ist, wenn ich auf Deutsch spontan spreche. Ich muss über alle, die ich sage, denken und ich spreche ganz langsam. Ich werde sagen, ich, ich spreche sehr, sehr langsam, aber, aber mit, aber je mehr, je mehr ich übe, desto besser, desto besser wird mein Aussprache und 
mein Vokabeln und ich hoffe, dass ich das verbessern kann. Aber ich wollte über mein Leben auf Deutsch sprechen, um mein um meine Gespräche, Kenntnisse zu verbessern. Also, ähm, ich sitze, ich sitze in meinem Zimmer und ich habe, ich habe meinen Laptop vor, ich habe mein, meinen Laptop vor mir und es sitzt auf meinem Tisch und hm, hinter, hinter meinen, hinter meinem Laptop gibt es viele Bücher, die ich liebe und es gibt mein Schmecker. Ich glaube, dass das Jewelry auf Englisch ist oder auf Deutsch ist, aber ich weiß nicht. Also hoffentlich ist es. Und ich habe viele. Ich habe mein Parfüm. Ich habe mein Parfüm und ja, das ist, das ist mein Zimmer und was ist in meinem Zimmer. Aber ich will über, hm, was soll, was, was soll, was sollte ich übersprechen? Ich weiß nicht, ob das richtig ist, aber, hm, oh, wir hatten, wir hatten Daylight Savings in den USA und es ist sehr anders, weil andere Länder das andere Länder, weil andere Länder das nicht machen. Also die USA ist immer anders von anderen Ländern. Ich mein, meiste Ländern, meiste Ländern benutzen die Metric System und die USA benutzt die USA benutzt die ihre eigene ihre eigene System. Also ist es sehr anders und in mein, in meiner Physikklasse muss ich alle von von Inches zu Zentimeters ändern und das kann sehr schwer sein und ich mag das nicht, aber das ist wie es geht und ich mag ich mag Physik eigentlich. Ich denke, dass ich ein sehr Mathematik, eine sehr Mathematikperson bin, aber ich liebe Deutsch und ich liebe Deutsch zu, zu studieren und zu lernen und ich liebe zu schreiben. Ich schreibe oft gern und ich schreibe sehr oft gern, weniger als ich möchte, aber hoffentlich, wenn, aber die Frühlingferien kommt sehr kommt sehr sehr bald also während dieser Frühling Frühlingspause werde ich werde ich ganz mehr schreiben und ganz mehr lesen ich lese Bücher nicht so oft wenn er als ich als ich jünger war habe ich drei bis vier Bücher pro Woche gelesen aber jetzt lese ich Bücher nicht so oft und es hat, es hat, oder ich habe, ich habe seit ein paar Monaten für ein Buch, eines Buch gelesen und das ist nicht gut. Ich bin eigentlich eine, Sch ich 
lese eigentlich schnell, aber ich habe keine Zeit. Ich fühle mich, dass dieses Jahr so schwer ist mit, mit den Hausaufgaben und ich habe immer so viel Hausaufgaben und ich, es gibt so viele Prüfungen, die ich machen muss und ich verbringe alle meine Zeit mit der Schule und das ist nicht gut. Ich muss, ich muss mehr Zeit mit, ich muss mehr Zeit mit meinen Freunden verbringen, aber ich habe keine Zeit dieses Jahr sehr, sehr schwer. Und was sollte ich nachts übersprechen? Das Wetter ist sehr bewolkig oder ist sehr wolkig und grau draußen und ich hasse, wenn es grau draußen ist. Ich liebe die Sonne und ich brauche die Sonne, um glücklich zu fühlen, zu um mich glücklich zu fühlen. Also, wenn es so, so grau ist, bin ich so traurig und ich hasse, ich hasse das Gefühl und ich warte für, ich warte für das Sommer, Sommer, Sommer. Ich habe das nicht gut ausgesprochen. Aber ich warte für das Sommer und ich kann nicht warten, bis die Schule, bis die Schule fertig ist und dann werde ich viele Freizeit haben, um meine Hobbys zu machen. Oh, ich werde, ich werde über das, ich werde darüber sprechen. Ich liebe in meiner Freizeit, ich, in meiner Freizeit liebe ich, liebe ich Bücher zu lesen, liebe ich schreiben. Und ich liebe auch, ich liebe auch Kunst zu studieren. Ich habe ein paar Videos auf, U auf YouTube gesehen, die mit, die mit der Geschichte von Kunst zu tun haben. Und ich liebe diese Videos. Ich liebe über Kunst zu lernen. Und für, und seit einer kurzen, seit einer kurzen Zeit wollte ich wollte ich die Kunstgeschichte in der Universität, in der Universität stu zu studieren. Aber nicht mehr, vielleicht für ein paar oder einige Klassen werde ich darüber lernen, aber nicht so viele Klassen. Oh, ich schaue You an auf Netflix und es ist so gut, aber aber meiner Meinung nach ist diese, diese Episode in die aktuelle Season nicht so gut. Aber meine Freundin hat es gesehen und sie hat, und sie hat gesagt, dass es, sehr besser, dass es sehr besser wird später in später in der Season, also werde ich noch, werde ich es noch schauen, aber ich hoffe, dass es, es ich hoffe, dass es besser wird, weil es sehr, es sehr langweilt, es sehr, ja, es sehr langweilig jetzt ist und 
ich kann es nicht mehr schauen, aber wenn, aber wenn ich mit dieser Episode fertig bin, werde ich es wahrscheinlich schauen. Nach, nach meinem Hausaufgaben, nach meinem Hausaufgaben, ich muss das noch machen. Und ich, ich wünsche, dass ich mehr, dass ich etwas mehr zu sprechen hatte, hätte, dass ich hätte, hätte. Das ist das richtige Aussprache, ich glaube. Aber mein Leben ist so langweilig. Ich mache nichts. Jeden Tag mache ich nichts. Und, oh, Daylight Savings ist gekommen, ist gekommen und ich habe an, welche Zeit? Ich habe an 10 Uhr aufgewacht. Oder eigentlich, nein, es war halb zwölf. Halb zwölf Uhr. Halb zwölf Uhr habe ich aufgewacht. Ich habe um, zwölf, halb zwölf Uhr aufgewacht. Es tut mir leid. Und ja, aber ich habe das Schlafen gebraucht. Ich war so müde letztes Nacht, weil ich, ich seit sechs Stunden arbeitet, gearbeitet oder arbeitet habe und das hat nicht viel Spaß gemacht. Aber ja, ich muss, ich muss das Geld verdienen, also muss ich, muss ich arbeiten, obwohl ich nur 16 Jahre alt bin, aber es ist die USA. Ich muss, ich muss Geld verdienen, verdienen um, um viele Produkte von Sephora zu kaufen. Also ja, das war ein bisschen, ein bisschen Zeit, die ich auf Deutsch gesprochen habe. Und oh, ich muss etwas mit Passiv sprechen. Ich habe, ich habe gesagt, dass, es da, dass ich das machen würde. Ähm, jetzt weiß ich nicht, was ich sagen sollte. Ähm... Das Gebäude wurde von das Gebäude wurde von mir gemalt. Das ist ein Passivsatz, obwohl es nichts mit obwohl es nichts mit dies ich weiß nicht ich weiß nicht ich weiß nicht was ich sagen wollte. Aber ja, hoffentlich habt ihr dieses diese Episode genossen und danke schön, dass du zugehörst hast und ich werde dich nächste Mal sehen. <lacht> Tschüss.